You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, good morning. Good afternoon, good evening. Good I evening. would yeah, be yeah. the more appropriate. Evening yeah. would be appropriate. It is 7pm almost. Uh, hello world, hello listeners, hello viewers. Are there any viewers? No, <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. That would be creepy. What were we talking about before the show started? The before the after the show discussion was very limited. You were sitting here, you were doing something, you were asking me about the cast of this movie. I told you not to say testing, testing when you were testing because it makes my brain want to fall out of my head with boredom. That was about it. Pretty uneventful. Behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was clearing my throat, which <clears throat> I oh, probably will have to oh, do again. Oh. Oh, yeah, I have I to cut that out now. I can't have the snot is dripping. I can see it, but I won't be able to see it once we've recorded the whole hour. That's fine. It's just a little. They can handle that little one. In fact, I was just doing it as an example. Well, the examples... They'll not, be fine. Not nice in the headphones. They'll be fine. That was it. All right. So um, it is Saturday, April the 21st. This is after the show number 527. We are a movie review podcast. We are about to review a movie. And this week's movie is Hostiles. It's a 2017 movie. Releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday. It's actually out on 4K, Blu-ray, and digital. And it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And uh, it's rated R. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of this movie, Hostiles. Mmm. It's a tough one. It is... It's basically a road trip set in 1892. It's not a road trip. It's a horseback across what then was the, you know, early America. And it explores that time period of Native Americans, the cavalry, soldiers. You know, we're coming off the Civil War. It's just tough. It's tough. Bad things happen to everybody in this movie. <laughs> I don't Spoilers. know how else to synopsis. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. That's it. All right, so there might be spoilers in this review, so if you haven't seen this movie, on Tuesday, go and get it. Rent it, whatever you have to do. Watch it, and then come back <laughs> and listen to us talk. Or, if you've already seen it, because you might have seen it in the theaters, stick with us. So or if you're uh, one of those sadists who just likes to hear everything, which is really weird, just so you know, it's really weird to want to hear have somebody tell you everything about a movie, so right. that you can decide if you want to watch it. That's just weird. All right, so um, Hostiles, the movie. The opening uh, sequence of this movie before the word Hostiles appears on the screen is uh, grueling, I would would say. Definitely. Yeah, this movie's not for the faint of heart or the faint of... It's pretty brutal. (laughs) And the, you know, spoilers, there's a brutal opening sequence involving the killing of some children... So if you don't like that, that offends you. This might be not the movie for you, but there's, yeah, it really goes for the jugular instantly. And uh, it never really... I mean, it's not a typical uh, Western-type film. It's not an action-packed, like, shoot 'em up kind of movie, is it? It's more of a thoughtful... Oh, yeah. Like um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Like... <laughs> Catchy like, tone. Catchy name. That catchy, yeah. Like that movie is. It's more of a thoughtful kind of take 
on it. It's not every two... Well, let me think of a movie that's the opposite. Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead. How about that? Yeah. That's about as... You know, I mean, they're trying to be kind of, but it's strangely of, explorative. But, but it's action every two seconds. There's a shootout every time somebody walks into the town. It's you know heightened. This isn't. This is trying to be more authentic. So just lay out the groundwork of the plot. What's the plot? Is that family gets attacked that you're just talking about? Yeah, <clears throat> by the tribe like. Well, at the time, they would have been called Indians, the Cherokee. Native Americans. Um, was it the Cherokee? Yeah. Yeah. And then, at the same time, our ex well, he's a colonel still in the cavalry, so he would have been in the Civil War, because it was 1892. Civil War was 20 years before or so. 20-some years before that. Well, 92 would have been 30 years before that. Your math is terrible. It is terrible. My history is even worse, but... <laughs> <laughs> So he now, after having been through early days of America, which meant he has a deep hatred for the native people, and he also fought through the Civil War, which is pretty brutal and horrible, and now he's being told he has to take this Native American family back to Montana. They're near Mexico, so if you don't know anything about America, that's like over a thousand miles on horseback. Yes. North. So it's more than that, long, so. it's grueling. Yeah, he's charged with doing this, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't care about them. They're just savages, as they would have called them in the day. And so there's their dichotomy. Now, what I thought of this was I immediately got flashes of American History X, because we had a man who hated African Americans, hated to the point of being horribly brutal and murderous. Yeah. And then through the through the course of his experience just being exposed to the humanity of any everybody and an African-American young man that he met, you know? Yeah, true. The more you know about anything, the more you know. It's a very simple concept, and that's what this man, like, when you first meet him, it's very obvious some of those tightened screws are going to have to come undone, right? So, of course, at some point we converge with the lady who's been horribly, horribly, I mean, everyone's dead, and he then, they take her on and then keep traveling. And as we go across, you encounter, I think it, it covers different aspects of not just then, but people now. Because you have a soldier who's being taken to be hung because he chopped up a Native American family with an axe. Whereas this captain, our mechanic slash Batman, has also done the same thing. But he's a captain in the cavalry. And he's revered and he's looked up to. And yet he was with this guy when this was going down. And yet this guy is going to get hung for it. And this guy over here is about to retire. Didn't. So did, like you're, you know. Didn't Ben Foster say to um, Christian Bell's character, I've seen you. Yeah. Attack women and children. Yeah. Murder women and children. Right. Yeah. I, I thought I was mishearing things at the time. No, that's what I'm saying. So you're getting this, the mirror of him. You know, but he keeps saying to everyone, um, Batman, <laughs> it's my job. And like I said to you, he compartmentalizes. This character compartmentalizes. He is a soldier. He has been told to do these things, and he will do them. And then the separate things from that are rescuing this lady, respecting her every wish, because he doesn't have to, but it's 
that's another compartment of his heart or his mind. Uh, like a, a, at one point in the movie, I said to you, this guy's got a giant heart. Yeah. Even though. It's in a little tiny spot down in the corner of his where it's like, it's tucked away in there. But it is there. Right. But he sees in this young guy who's going to be hung for it, that thing where today we would call him a sociopath. We would say a soldier is charged with the duty, his duties. And through those duties, horrible things will be done. He will make choices that are horrible. We we balance that out with over here. Here is a person, maybe a soldier, who does them because he enjoys it and because he right. wants to. And oh. that's what I think Christian Bale's character sees. I am actually doing it because I've been told. And I've built up this hatred, but it's like a front. And the more he gets to know the people, you know, it kind of turns his view around a bit. I mean, not like, ta-da, I'm a great guy or anything. You are reminded constantly how horrible he is. Yeah, and there's also a uh, thing that we didn't say here, but the chief Cherokee guy who he's transporting across, he ha- in the past he actually mm. saw this guy murder and gut his best friend. Correct. So there's... It's a very difficult thing for him to be even near him, right? He's yeah, that's like him. the man against man revenge needed, but he's he can't because now all eyes are on him. This is another aspect that they throw in there that a writer for a magazine has come to Christian Bale's um, head guy and showed him an article that he wrote about this Indian chief being delivered by the cavalry back to his homelands because he's ill and he's old and all that. And it's like a PR play. Yep. Right? So now he can't just, like, take this Native American family out and murder them and say, like, screw it, I'm not taking them anywhere. It's like all eyes are on them. And that was the politics of the day, and that is also very relevant now. Yeah, imagine. All, all eyes are on them. He's got a letter from the president saying, you need to let us come through wherever you are because we're doing this thing for the government. And also, he is facing court-martial if he decides to be a revenge guy or... You know, I mean, the guy puts it very clearly. You either do this or you court-martialed. And you've had an exemplary record, and this would just ruin it, and your retirement would be screwed. Yeah, we're taking everything away from you if you don't do this, because uh, his face, his commanding officer's face was on on this newspaper, and so it's kind of like, you know, opportunists and all that kind of stuff. Um. So, yeah, they go on this journey, and it is pretty brutal. Brutal. It does remind you. Yeah. That people came before us. England, I don't know the history. You're from England. I don't know how it was originally. I mean, it's an island. So whoever... It was the Romans and the Saxons. <laughs> Not originally it wouldn't have been. Somebody else would have been there before. There, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So looking at our country, America, it's humongous. There's a lot of everything. You've got everything from jungle to swamp to desert to snowy mountains. And this rugged territory where anyone heading west or expanding America at that time, even through the 1800s, it's just deadly. I do not even know how people survived at all. Cause what reminded me of it was, or made me think was <clears throat> when the one guy gets shot in the shoulder and then she's caring for him. But I mean, she's got nothing. They have some bandages and, or some pieces of cloth and some water. Yeah, true. So anything, you could have got a cut on your finger if you were allergic to bee stings and you got stung by a bee and you're a thousand miles out in the desert, you're just dead. So I don't, I, I, it boggles my mind how people ever survived. There were some tough humans back then. 
still today, but you know. Yeah. So um the yeah, so there's a there's a journey for this main character as well, obviously. There's a journey for everybody in this movie, isn't there? Like even yeah. you know, everybody goes on a journey. Uh, like what I liked about it a lot, and it is an awesome movie, I um give this really high recommendations. Um it doesn't paint everybody to be bad and it doesn't paint everybody to be good. It it's like you could say, oh, well, that's real middle of the road. Well, it isn't because it, it paints everybody as everything. Like, everybody's a murderer. Everybody's a got a heart. And everybody is Not a everybody. I think crazy guy. Or maybe, the guy. Maybe yeah. Admit this, yeah. He the, represented the person who couldn't separate, like, that you're the whatever, the two things. And also his friend with the beard. I think true. that he was also not. He was just able to balance it. He, he just was done. Cope actually, right? He yeah, couldn't. and I'd not. I'd, I've heard that for, before. He said they took his gun away. He was really. He said they've told me I've got the melancholia, and he's like that doesn't exist. So yeah, I think he also learned about that that this guy was actually done. You know, thinking and all the things he'd ever done, and yeah, like I don't really. You know, it's not a possibility for me to go on. I don't get this. I, I, what am I doing? Like, why am I even? I'm murdering people. Um, it, it's a horrible existence. But it, it covers all those things that the director said in the extras, which I thought was really interesting. Where he said this movie could, even though it's a western set in this particular time, it could be actually anywhere. And there are parallels to Vietnam, and there are, you know, like in Vietnam, there was a lot of like crazy people who took it on too much and started going at eight, you know, and mm. I think every war, every every place that there's something I'm sorry about him, this dog barking, by the way. If you can hear this I thought like, if they can. Hmm. I think anytime you give someone an excuse to be violent or reason or even a motivation that seems noble in some way, somehow, that humans individually we're not all Batman guy. We can't compartmentalize it. Christian Bale, she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, we can't all, yeah, sorry, there are lots of Batman. Christian Bale. Um, some people, it excites them and thrills them and makes them feel like part of the world and important and empowered and they have no, there's nothing that separates, there's nothing in there that tells them, no, you, this isn't humane. This isn't how humans treat each other, right? So then I think when you throw someone like Christian Bale up against someone like the crazy guy, and then you have the Native American guy who knows he's also done horrible things. But think about this. I was thinking about this. That guy was way older than Christian Bale. Yeah, he was. Probably like twice his age, maybe. Because mm-hmm. Christian Bale probably, his character probably wasn't supposed to be as old as we think he was. Because he would have I had think Christian Bale's character was, what, about 40, maybe? Seems like it. And that guy looked to me like maybe he was about 70. So right. not quite twice as old. But imagine he's been there since... America was really starting and really pushing back. You know what I mean? So he's seeing a lot more. And for Christian Bale and him to end up on the same kind of plane of understanding. Yeah. But then the other peripheral people, not so much. Like the guy on the ranch who comes and says, get off my land kind of thing. Yeah, Herschel. Another, yeah, Herschel from Walking Dead. Herschel from Dead. Walking Dead. He actually owns a ranch. <laughs> Similar to he didn't work that. Not for long. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. But um, so how did you? What did you think about the look of this movie? Gorgeous. It is one of those. Isn't oh, it's it? gorgeous. Filmed well. Um, lots of, you know, those cool. 
I would say they're overused. Uh, some shots you would think, oh, well, that's overused. Look, it's silhouettes of horses walking along, but it's it never gets old for me that I like looking at it, you know? Yeah. Big wide shots of people. Oh, that, that shot where they all just pull up and stop on the horses and the camera's in front and they're just looking at them, you know, and it's just like seven or eight people on horses. Yeah. Those shots don't get old for me. And we don't see enough Westerns. That was one of the things I was thinking of watching this film. I was going, thinking to myself, what was the last Western I watched? And I think the last Western I watched, and I don't even know if it's 100% a Western. I mean, it takes place in the Wild West. Is Quentin Tarantino's, not Django Unchained, the next one. Hard, yeah, Hard Eight. Hard Eight. I think that might have been the last movie I watched with a Western theme. What year was that set? It's probably like three years ago. No, no. What year was it set in? Oh, I don't know. Stagecoaches and mm. no uh, uh, cavalry guy. Yeah, it's probably around this time. And right? he did say he had papers saying he was a free man. So we are talking about just after the Civil War, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the last time, and that was years ago. And again, that was more about the people than about the time. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, it was a kind of like a stage play in, in a in Yeah, exactly. Place. It wasn't a, really about the Wild West. It could have, again, took place anywhere. But yeah, we don't get a lot of Western movies. I like them. There was a time we got lots of them, right? The 70s, it was, there was lots of them. Um, there was a, the 80s. When did they die away? When did they go away? Like, <laughs> and why? Like, what's the, well, there's what? a lot of touchy subjects in there, aren't there? When you start going to yeah, but time we're all frames. big boys. We can all... Well, no, 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 no. That is not accurate. We are not all grown-up people who can handle... Like, this movie, I think, would even raise eyebrows to a degree. Not necessarily... Um, I think in the Native American world, because the Comanches are only horrible, and the Cheyenne are only like these Peaceful. passive. But we are we are told that he's done horrible things, the Cheyenne chief. But the only Comanches that are represented are the horrible, murderous, child killing, terrible human beings. Yeah, right? savage. So is. that could be controversial. So you have to tiptoe around a bit for some people, I would imagine, but you also have to lay it out online. They had Native American consultations and consultants or whatever on set and right there telling them about, like, documented whatever. I don't know what the extent of their research was, but I think it's just a minefield. Yeah, know? it did sound... We watched the extra. It's a fantastic extra on this uh, disc, actually. Uh, it's like an hour long and it really covers... It's very in-depth, covers everything, and it's very... The director tells you what he was thinking and stuff, and it was clear that that director didn't want to offend anybody, or he just wanted to have a story that was accurate, right? Yeah. For the time. I mean, it's not a true story, but he want, he didn't want to, like, step on anybody's toes. He just wanted to say, these are the things that happened, these kind of things. Yeah. That's how I want to put them on the screen. But you're right. I mean, there might be a certain... There might be Comanche Indian who sit and go, well, look, all they're doing is saying we're savages. That's yeah, exactly. It. Like, there is no <clears throat> no reprieve for us. <laughs> like, those Yeah, other, there was no balance there at all. No. What is it? The Cheyenne and the... What, the other one? Comanche. Comanche. And the Cheyenne are the peaceful pacifist types. That's what he said. And that's what they're portrayed as. But then again, like you say, this guy, um, Chief Yellow, he... It, well, it said he had done horrible things only because he was forced to. Correct. 
So they were invading his patch or whatever, and he had to take these guys out. So yeah, he's still he's still on the um, pacifist style, but there again, he's gutted people and stuff. So it has a lot of you don't know. I was going to say you don't know who to root for, but I was rooting for kind of everybody all the time, just survival. That's how I felt. Yeah, I was like, I don't want any of these people to die. You've told me that you know. Here's your cavalry people, and here's your Cheyenne people, and the the you know I actually care for all of them, including the woman. Everybody's been wronged in some way. Even well, <laughs> I don't think you can say that the the murderous men. You know they they all had a choice. The woman whose children and husband were murdered, she had no choice. Right. The two young women, the little boy who've been in captivity, essentially trapped in a cage for the la- for the last seven years of their lives as Native Americans, they didn't have a choice. So there's a difference between feeling sorry for Christian Bale's character because now he's seeing that he needs maybe for his own self to figure out how to balance all this out. And then he finds compassion. You can't pat him on the back because all of a sudden he's decided to see humanity for what it is. He chose to do all those things. And now, I mean, it's good to move, keep moving forward. And everyone who does something bad can't just be hung on a tree and that's it. Like we would run out of people very quickly. Um, so I think that there's a line between those who have made the choices and the thing, the torment that they are or are not going through in their mind and in their soul. I don't believe there is a soul, but inside of themselves. Yeah. Versus the people who it's all been done to them outside of their control completely and how they're having to resolve like she, the woman who's three children and husband murdered, home burned down, does she turn cold and hard or does she, you know, pick up the humanity side of it? So and also, I don't think we need to cheer for these men just because they're like, oh, I've murdered a bunch of people and now I feel real bad about it. So <laughs> we're all good, right? Yeah, man. High five. You know, this, it doesn't work that way. Another thing the movie does well, I think, is, uh, and Eva mentioned this in the extras, about like not saying stuff a lot, like, I think some of the most poignant scenes in movies are when people are not saying anything. It's just a look or it's a feeling that you're getting of... Definitely. And this movie kind of revels in that. There's a lot of, like, scenes of no... People aren't speaking. They're just sitting. Like, there's a lot of, like, Christian Bale's character obviously brooding. Like, when he sits on his own in the field and he's just looking. Yep. He's contemplating himself... And there's a lot of that. You can see it, and also from Rosamund Pike's character. And the director just lets it go. Like He's just like, well, this will be a minute of looking at a guy thinking about what's going on here. And I think that adds to this movie. Some, oh, absolutely. Some would say, oh, well, that makes it really slow and it's dragging. But it's life, you but know. It makes you think about it. Yeah, I mean, that's life. We're not all talking all the time. And if you are, you're trying to avoid something. And like I say, I think some of the, even in life, some of the most interesting parts are when people are not really saying anything. Just like thinking of something. Or... Is this a hint of some kind you're trying to drop on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Silence is a man's best friend. You get what I'm saying, though? Yes. There's oh, I know. I do know. Sometimes where you can, like, even me and you, just you, you're not saying anything, but... You Until know, you start to tell me exactly what you're doing in the video game that you're playing, but you're but, not really talking to but me. Between you, you know, yeah, you know, like in this movie, I'm um, say like between Rosamund Pike and Christian Bale, there are moments like 
in a relationship, people, me and you, where you don't need to say no. anything to You can just look at that person and, and you, you both know what is going on. So there's a lot of that in this movie, which I, is really subtle and it's really nice. Like, it, I really, there's a scene where, and I'm glad it's not gratuitous because I think it would have cheapened it a bit, but you know the scene where they're asleep in the tent and she goes to hug him and he turns around and like they just hug. It's just a nice, not a hug, but like a, it's not a romantic thing. It's a, yeah, it's a need. Yeah, we're, we're just comforting each other. Look, because she went from having a full family. Right. And she was homeschooled. I mean, it was a home that they built, and you can tell it's been, you know. Yeah, her oldest fir- daughter looked like she's about 13 or 14, so it's a life that they've built. And now for however many days, we're not, I'm not sure how many days we've crossed over here. They're all murdered, all dead. She's now on this horse with these people and this, the and violence. She doesn't know, really. And it's violent all the time. <laughs> So she went from having that comfort to nothing, and he, I think she sees in him, like Rosamond Parks even said, who even cares about you? And now she has no one to care for, and I think that just transfers. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was like, oh, this will break out into a sex scene, and then that just seems gratuitous, and it it just was perfect. It was, Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so this movie, is, it, it's restrained in certain areas, and I think that pays off, like, it, it really does. So let's move on to the uh, cast. Christian Bale as uh, Captain Blocker. Batman. And I'll tell you now, um, I'm a I'm a fan of Christian Bale. Uh, I know a lot of people think he's like too intense and like, you know, he might be a bit... Of after- a douche? Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. I don't I, know. I don't know him personally. I, I actually say think that. this is my favorite performance. I was, I was weighing it up in my mind. Like, I was like, oh, is it the machinist or is it this? And I think it's this. And you know what sold me completely? The, the final moments where he's looking and she's talking and he's saying nothing, really. He's just looking and yeah. you can see it going over in his mind. I can't. I've got to, you know, like, I don't want to give that part away, really. But you can just see by looking at him all the things he's weighing up of what's going to happen next. And you kind of come to the conclusion, oh, I know what he's going to do. And then he does that, right? You, you did. That wasn't a surprise to you, was it? He wasn't. No, not me either. And you know why? Because he showed it on his face. He didn't say anything. I was like, he's not, he's, he isn't going anywhere. This is going to happen. Like, So it was a, you know, he, t- he said a lot without saying anything. I really admire that. I like it. I think that's a really cool thing to do in acting. He said a lot in this movie without saying anything in a lot of scenes where he's just looking. And uh, it's like he's took on some other guy, right? It's not like Christine. Oh, Bale. yeah. He's got this, like, First almost of all like that. he's doing chewing tobacco or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it, seems, it seems like he's channeling something else. He's real. He's not, a bra- he's not brash or anything like that. He's, like, understated. He's not like a F you, everybody kind of guy. He's, like, he doesn't really speak very much. And when he does, it means something. Or So I like that kind of character. Do you think he was good in this? Yes. Yeah, he was And you, you're, are you a fan of him, generally? Not new. No, not normally. No, I mean, not huge. No? Not even close, no. He's still the best <laughs> no, Like, there's nothing in between no and huge. No. <laughs> um, I pick, I compartmentalize it, just like he does. If it's something that I respond well to, then I'm fine. And if he's crappy, I don't give him the excuse that he must be good because he's Christian Bale. Or if it doesn't work, like, I don't like his Batman. I think it's really crappy. I don't like that. That part. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like, what? 
what 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 are you thinking? Like it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. So that kind of stuff, I'm like, get over yourself. Obviously, the thing where you heard him yelling at the people in real life as a person, that makes me think, how, you know, I, I don't know how if that's fair. But so I just give him a chance every new movie. And this time, immediately, I could see in him characteristics of my father, who was, who's passed now, but he, he was a hardliner. Like, he had very closed mind racist, hateful, too tough on the outside, but kind of broken on the inside. But on the outside, he did all the stuff. Like Christian Bale did the thing where he like hikes his pants up a little bit and puts his chin out and kind of cocks his shoulder, you know, like like it's natural. And I'm like, I, I've seen that person. That is a person. And I know what goes with it. I did. This actually, is a shell of a person. I did forget during the movie that Christian Bale's a British man. I did too. Completely I totally forgot. forgot. So yeah. that's impressive. So when he spoke in the extras, I was like, oh yeah, shit, he is. <laughs> Which is Yeah, weird. totally. Yeah. Completely. I was like, whoa. And then I said, is he from London? Because that's pretty <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, I know. So, you know, you wouldn't, there's no, not even a hint of like Christian Bale, I don't think. I think it's this other guy, Captain Blocker. It's really like, you know, when we saw Daniel Day-Lewis the other week, it's like a really perfect performance, I think. I don't see a fault, really. I feel like this is in the same league as that, you know? So Rosamund Pike plays Rosalie Quaid. What do you think of Rosamund? She was really good. She was breaking my heart. Like, yeah. really breaking my heart. <laughs> I was like, I cried through this whole movie. Just yeah, so everybody I could, knows. I could tell you it was great. I mean, just the, not the movie, because I understand it's fiction. It's not based on a true story or anything. It's not about a person. And even if it was, you know... What I often cry about, or what makes my eyes, I'm not like, <laughs> it's just this deep thing of like, we're just horrible. We really are. I don't give a shit if anybody wants to argue that, no, we're not, we're not. Or, no, we have good in us, obviously. We do amazing things. We're very inventive. We're very creative. We're, we survive well. We have huge amounts of compassion, but selectively, you see. Which is cruel in and of itself. And so when I'm watching a movie where I think of this woman and then I think I just bring myself right up to the present time and I think of a place like Syria or Afghanistan or Iraq or someplace where, or in Mexico where there are, have been lots of murders and there's lots of fear, some places in Mexico, not all over obviously, but this real life thing. That in one moment, a mother could be walking down a street with her children, a child holding her hand, and the next moment have a dead child on the ground. That's real. Yep. And she even, I was like so relieved when she said it in the extras that she tries to think, even though she's pretending, that she can try to reflect some sort of understanding of some kind to the real people who really have these horrific things in life. And then it just brings you, and she you said, snap into this thing. Like that is what humans do to each other. And I don't care where it starts or what your motivation is, or if it's revenge or retaliation, or you're the horrible dickhead terrorist starting it. And someone goes to blow you up. It's all the same. You're a petty piece of shit to start the violence. And anyone who wants to finish it or retaliate, it's a very complex thing because you're essentially doing the same thing. You know, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. She did say, and she even <clears throat> start, almost started to cry in the... Um, she did, yeah. When she was explaining it. She said she, didn't, she felt nervous because she didn't want to misrepresent anybody 
who's been through anything like this, even though she's pretending. It was, yeah, I thought she was excellent too. Yeah. Um, Wes Studi plays Chief Yellowhawk, and you might you might either know the name Wes Studi or not, but when you go back and look at how many films that guy has been in, he's the Native American actor who's been in a lot of movies, including the Chief, um, the dad of the you know Navi in Avatar. He was the, you know, the, the voice. leader of the tribe. Did he do the... He did the voice uh, and the motion capture for it. So, But he's been in a lot of movies, and you will know his face when you see him. What do you think of Wes Studi? It was really good. Just a quiet, controlled, what you, you know... The part where... A man who's biding his time. It's like one representation of Native Americans that I have seen in other things where it's like we do not, you know, I've resolved what I've done. And now I accept my fate, and it's just a matter of time. Things will change or they will not, and I've got all of that from him. And just the looking and the gentleness with his family and all that, but understanding, I feel like he was punishing himself internally the whole time. The um, part I really liked, and again, it's a scene where he doesn't really say anything, but he says everything, is where right near the beginning they pull the horses up, and Christian Bell gets off the horse and tells him to get down from the horse and he kind of flicks the thing like you know what you asshole i'm gonna do whatever you don't but in yellow hawks you can see it in his mind he's like oh he's gonna get me down off this horse and shoot me or something right but he was prepared he's like okay here we go here we go (laughs) yeah that that part was you could see it all and he was putting those blankets to one side as he's trying to get off the horse and it's just all going through his mind he's really excellent it's um he also has a son in this adam beach who plays black hawk and if you watch the extras about, and you watch Adam Beach talk, like I said to you, he's like an actor who has not been jaded at all by Hollywood yet. He's all very excited about it. Everything's everything. great, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like the enthusiastic actor who wants everything to be right, and that's my hero over there, because I've seen him acting all my life. And you know, he, and he plays it kind of like that. It kind of comes through in the how he plays the character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the son. Jesse Clements, who I really got to know from Fargo, actually, from the TV show Fargo. And Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad, yeah. But he had a bigger part in Fargo. And he plays Rudy Kidder. What do you think of Jesse Clements? I mean... He was good. I mean, the the role was interesting because he's another... They tried to give you lots of aspects of soldiering here. Yeah. He's basically the snotty kid who just went to West Point. He's never been to war. He's never been out in the field. He's just exemplary apparently and the guy the main guy chose him to go on this probably as a like i'm throwing you in the deep end son (laughs) like you need some experience the war is over but you're gonna go see what's still happening and he does it well he's controlled he's you know i'm convinced who he is so but i always like him i think he's i think he's always been good in everything i've ever seen him in yeah i can't think of can't think of yeah he's good in this really good uh and ben foster turns up as you know, about halfway through the film, actually, as Charles Willis. He's the criminal, basically. They, they, it's like a secondary mission that they've got. They pick him up, and they've got to take him. And he's a he's a bad guy. I mean, there's nothing really more you can say about him, is there? He's a bad guy. Well, he's the, Christ, he's the young version of Christian Bale, who's done all the same terrible, horrible things, and yet he's the one going to get hung for it. Right. Because he seems to be more, like excited by it like it's something he enjoys yeah and he's been given permission just to do it because he's a soldier 
Yeah, he seems to the outside, you know, to the layman. He seems like a psycho, and Christian Bale seems like he has it all together. But they've done the the same stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's just the external of it. it. So, um, yeah, Ben Foster. I like Ben Foster. You remember that film, The Mechanic? It always sticks in my mind. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, The other mechanic? (laughs) The Mechanic and The Mechanic? Two different movies? Oh, no, Machinist. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, the mechanic. You're right. Machinist was. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the mechanic. The mechanic. The original. Well, there was an original mechanic in the 70s, and then there was this remake of the mechanic that Ben Foster was in. But unfortunately, there was also a mechanic too, and they removed Ben Foster from the equation, and it was just Jason Statham, and it was kind of one of those dumb. Right. It turned dumb. <laughs> so they messed it up. But uh, that was actually a cool movie. But Ben Foster does a good job here. The part where. Spoilers. He escapes in the in the night, you know. Yeah. It's pretty it, it's brutal to the movie, isn't it? What happens there? That fight was brutal. I was like I was like yeah. pushing back in my chair, like, oh god. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice touch where they go into the this is another fight, but they go into the the in in the nighttime and then they creep in and the women have been captured. And then you see the brutal stuff, but you don't see it. It's behind a tent. Yeah, that was really good. And also just you didn't see anything to do with the women, but you know immediately what's happened. Yeah. I thought that was really... I feel like the director just didn't want to address that, that you had to just feel the yeah. impact. I mean, obviously they've been raped. And so yeah. you're you're just like, ugh, but you didn't have to see it. It was just all of them are... All three of them are just in shock and they're all beaten up and bloodied. All of them are, you know, our leading lady, the two Native American young ladies. And you're just like... Is that what happened? Oh, God. It yeah, is. You it know, is what happened. And then it soaks in. You're like, damn. And you don't even have to see it. That's what was pretty clever. And then the men come to rescue them, basically. Yeah. And the savagery is done by audio only. You just hear it. And it's awful. It, it makes it even worse, I think. Yeah. Because you see uh, Rosamund Pike's character just sat there looking at this tent. And she knows that there's people inside the tent. And then you can hear like people's throats being slit and... It's just, it makes it even worse. Like, so, yeah, I was impressed by that. So, uh, this is directed by Scott Cooper. And if you don't know who Scott Cooper is, he did a movie called Crazy Heart, which was like up for Academy Awards with um, the dude in it. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Bridges. He also did a movie. Is that Jeff Bridges? Yeah. He did a movie that we reviewed called Black Mass with um, Johnny Depp about the Bulger guy. You remember that? I couldn't remember. what, What was it? He played the bulger guy, the like mafia thing, like where he's got those. <laughs> Unfortunately, Johnny Depp like went full on and bottom in those weird contact lenses, and you know he was an informer and stuff. Remember? Oh, that okay. Yep, yeah. yep, got it. Kind of Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Goodfellas light, I would call it. <laughs> but um, it wasn't a bad movie. But I think Johnny Depp's always a bit over the top, and he was in that. But is it was a pretty cool movie. Um, so what do you think of this Scott Cooper after seeing these extras specifically? On this? I was impressed. I've, I mean, he's pretty touchy-feely. I'm not generally a touchy-feely person, but he's got it in the right departments where he wanted to be, you know, kind of honor everybody. He had, like, it's very easy to take stereotypes of characters, i.e., either cavalry soldiers who did terrible things to Native Americans or Native Americans who were 
as described in older movies, like savages or whatever, it'd be very easy to just play on that and go like, yeah, well, we're going to make it that and we're going to go with that. And also just watch old movies as your reference, which I think is really a weird way to do your research. Yeah. Because <laughs> he said, we didn't just watch old movies to get information. We went to the Smithsonian and we did all this. I'm like, duh, who wouldn't do that? So I felt like he was making an effort and he sounds like, I don't know him personally, but he says he wants to make a movie that like matters. That, that you don't he, forget. Yeah. yeah. And that he's proud to have as with his name on it. And so I just find that respectable. Now, somebody could be make the most horrible, crappy zombie movie, which I might probably like, and it's just really crappy, but they're also proud of it. So, you know. Yeah, I did appreciate when he said, I want, you know, I want you to go and see it on Friday and then come Tuesday, you're still thinking about it a little bit, mm -hmm. which does happen with movies. And it happened to me with Phantom Thread. Uh, really, I was thinking about it all that week. And I was thinking about how good it was. And now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and then Geostorm. Oh, did we watch a movie called Geostorm? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know? Well, to be fair, though, I do forget really good movies, too. So You forget movies <laughs> generally, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. Something stick in my mind. It's yeah. just because in the moment, if I'm completely engaged with it, it's going to just stay sometimes right I there. Say, sometimes I mention <laughs> a movie and you're like, huh? huh? And then and you're like, no, don't. And I'm like... We actually talked about that movie for an hour. <laughs> we reviewed it four weeks ago. Oh, yeah. did we watch that? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I sit here and think, what did we watch yesterday? <laughs> like tomorrow, it won't be a problem because I'll remember this one. But some weeks I'm like, what movie did we watch this week? I'm bad. What can I say? All right, so I have yeah, other I, things to fill up the space of my brain. I was impressed with what Scott Cooper <laughs> did here. He was also the writer, the director, and the producer on this movie. So um, he, really he wanted understood. full control, he said. So yeah. that's fair. Um, so extras, there is this one extra on the Blu-ray, uh, and it is a hour long documentary and it's really worth watching. I, I always thought it was going to be like a five minute thing when I turned it on, but then we ended up watching the whole thing, right? Yeah, it was good. Interesting. It, like it's in three parts, um, and it just breaks down the making of the movie, really. It's lots of on-set stuff, loads of interviews with people. I don't think nobody's left out, Christian, but it's not like people are too good to talk to. Yeah, no, no. You got a lot of... Um, yeah, everybody's there. Everybody's talking. and uh, They it, even cover, and you know, not every director or an extra would do this, but the there is the main main people. You got Christian Bale, Rosamund Parks, and then um, the Native American... Rosamund Pike. Rosamund. <laughs> not Parks. Rosamund Pike. <laughs> and... The Native American chief guy. And then you got his son, his wife, and the little kid, and then the the sister, who don't say a lot, and they're in the periphery. They're vital to the story, and yet they're not, you're not engaging with them often. It's mostly seeing them and seeing how they react to things. Um, and yet this extra interviews almost all of them. They get their input. They feel they, you know, got to be involved in the filmmaking process, which I found kind of interesting. Yeah, they cover music, costume, pretty much everything, right? Um, yeah. The people who handle But the not horses. in a boring way, like we get a lot of times. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really worth watching. Um, I didn't expect an hour-long documentary on this movie. Because, you know, it's not a super high-profile movie that I'd really heard of. And usually things like The Avengers and that get those big documentary-style things. But, yeah, it's pretty good. Worth a watch after you've seen the film. Don't watch it first because it just tell you a lot about the movie. So, in conclusion, I can highly recommend this movie. Like, it's really up there as a, one of my favorite movies this year. 
Don't know about you, Sid Talk. Are you the same? It's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, recommended. Really recommended. But like I say... It's pretty violent, so, you know... It's pretty violent, and there are children being killed, that kind of thing. And it has no sense of humor. There's not going to be a one-liner or a chuckle at any point. No. Not... Not... I don't think... No. Maybe sometimes I felt the urge to laugh because someone... He would stop in his tracks when someone said or did something, and I was like, oh, God, he's going to be so pissed. (laughs) Like, that kind of nervous laughter, but not because it's funny, but because you're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm not in this fictional world, and I'm not the one that he's mad at. It's not Blazing Saddles, let's say that. No. (laughs) It's a different type of Western. So, yeah, I recommend it highly. Thanks to Lionsgate for sending us the disc to review. And next week's review will be Liam Neeson with his special set of skills in The Commuter. I'm sure he will have... He always has a special skill. can't always set. have special skills. That's not reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I believe he will have some in The Commuter. We'll be watching that next week. Movie recommendations. This isn't strictly... Well, it is a movie, but I'm not... I'm recommending the movie Westworld. And the reason I'm recommending the movie Westworld is... The HBO show second season of Westworld starts this weekend, tomorrow. You need to get me the original and I'll watch it. The films, yeah. Yeah. Bo- both films are cool. Okay. Um, I'm ready. Anytime. So uh, Westworld, I am recommending, obviously, because it's a Western. But it's a sci-fi Western, which is not many of those. Apart from Cowboys versus Aliens, which is not very good. And my other one is uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward, coward Robert Ford. The worst title for a movie ever. Not the worst title ever, no. Pretty close. No, not even Very close. difficult to... Uh, it's, not, it's actually quite good because it tells you what the movie is. Yeah, it's you know like the perfect the, uh, title. At the Oscars that year, at the award ceremonies, did they shorten that down to something? Because... I don't I, remember. I can't, I can't think they would have said that whole thing all the time. No, I think they did. But they called it like Jesse. No, they didn't. <laughs> it's a, I, I feel like that filmmaker made that title long just... Because it would irritate people. I think you're wrong. Really but, great movie. But I, uh, me disagreeing is not unusual. No. Really great <laughs> movie uh, recommended by me. And I recommend it to a lot of people that I know because it's just a good movie. It's gut-wrenching and like, whoa, you know, you're like, oh, Mr. God. Mr. Bradley Pitt. That one? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm saying that's who stars in it, Bradley yeah. Pitt. And my, you, are you ready for mine? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are Gone Girl, because that's Rosamond Ro- Pike. Ro- because of Rosa Parks? Rosamond Pike. <laughs> Don't make fun of Rosa. I didn't say Rosa Parks. It says Rosamond Parks. It was a mistake. Park. I said Rosamond's Park, <laughs> which is like a whole different thing, a different place. Um, Gone Girl with Rosamond Pike. She was in it with our lovely Ben Affleck. And it was kind of creepy. David and, Fincher movie. Yeah, David Fincher. It's kind of like unsettling and, you know, you just kind of got to go with it. But I think it's really well made and it's unexpected at times. I liked it. I liked it. David Fincher, always well made, I think. Even True. if it's trashy. And my other one is because this movie reminds me of this theme and I think it kind of harkens back, but it's a new version and is Unforgiven, which was Clint Eastwood. And the one line from Unforgiven that if anyone's ever seen it, you probably remember, is that when the guy said, does he have it coming? And Clint Eastwood says, we've all got it coming. Yeah. And I think that his character is the same as these characters, that he's done a lot of horrible shit. 
Then he settled down with his woman and well, no spoiler alert for Ungiven, this woman's been dead a while, he's got two kids to raise, he's done with all the fighting, but now somebody wants him to step back into it and all that comes back up again. So I had to think Unforgiven. I don't know if it's still high quality like I remember it, because I haven't seen it in a long time. My favorite modern day <clears throat> western is uh, Open Range with Robert DeVos. That was really good. Yeah. That's that one really, really I thought was you know wasn't Kevin Costner. Costner in it, or am I thinking Dances with Wolves? I think Costner was in that, but can't remember. I think it was. I, I can remember Robert Duval. It's been a while, but it's really, it was it's really, really good. Really good, yeah. It had me in mind of like you know westerns from the seventies. It felt like that. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, our recommendations for this week. Games that I've been playing this week. Um, first off, I want to say before we talk about games, one of my uh, favorite franchises and shows. Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is airing at the moment on the Stars Network, has finally been cancelled after the third season. Finally? Like, you're looking forward to that? No. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's That's been... That's one of your favourite shows of all time. Yeah, there's been rumblings that it was going to be cancelled. I follow um, Bruce Campbell, and I've seen him saying, people better start watching this, or we're not, it's not going to happen anymore, you know? He, he, and his thing on it was... I'll make it as long as you you know watch it. I want to make it for years and years and years. I love I love being Ash from Evil Dead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you're not if you're not familiar with this and you know the Evil Dead movies, well, there is an actual TV show which takes place thirty years after the movies, and it continues the adventures of Ash Williams. And we're two episodes away from the end of season three at the moment, which is actually now the end because stars have cancelled it. And it is such a well-made show. It's campy, it's goofy, it's full of inventive... If you like horror movies and like the inventive way people get killed... And gruesome and horrible and disgusting, but mostly really super fake looking. So you yeah. got that going on. But really well done, though. I mean, it, every week you're like, oh, what? oh, wow, they've topped what they did last week. You know? I'll give you one example. Ash, in one, in one week, in last season, I think was in the anus of a corpse, right? Well, it wasn't just in the anus. His head <laughs> His went head up in. His head in the anus. And then don't describe any more of them. That's enough. But, I mean... With the corpse on his head. And that's the benchmark. <laughs> and then there's a lot of slapstick to follow that. And so you have to have a very specific sense of humor Yeah. to not be like, I'm out. This I mean, is if dumb. you enjoyed the Evil Dead movies, you know what to expect. But you might be like that lady when we went and saw... Um, the Devil's Rejects. The Devil's no. Rejects when she put the gun in her underwear, like they went yeah. in the motel room, and she, yeah. you heard her go, I've had enough, and her and her man left. And we were like the only two. Yeah. No, there was a couple with a little baby, yeah. like a two-year-old, and us left in there. And we're like, why would anyone bring a child to this movie? But that lady had it. She was out. Oh, yeah, so you but- might have people like that start to watch Evil Dead and be like, ugh, uh, uh, uh. they I don't mean, want that in their head. Evil Dead's a crazy, cartoonish, basically, like, silly horror thing but correct the characters are cool this is this show has been so well made i like all the characters you know i like kelly i like pedro i like i like the whole thing they've built with the tv show it's just as good as the movies are but uh unfortunately we're it's coming to an end so you can always watch it you can always I'm sure watch they'll it. replay it it is on netflix too now uh, season one and season two is on netflix so if you haven't seen it and right, so all of a sudden, if they get millions of people watching it, they'll be like, whoa, 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 where did all these people come from? Yeah, um, I've seen people, uh, when Bruce Campbell announced it, 
I saw people in the comments saying, at Netflix, <laughs> please pick up this show. Like, it's a great show. So who knows, you know, something might happen down the line there. Some other company picks it up. So You're wishful thinking. Yeah, but as for now, Ash vs. Evil Dead is no more. So I've, all, I've been playing this week, and I've played very briefly. Uh, probably in two hours, maybe. But uh, Sony, um, PlayStation, they don't really have a triple A title um, very often. But God of War came out this week. You actually are familiar with God of War, right? Only from you. On the PlayStation 3, you probably watched. Some of it. God of War 3, maybe? Remember how I forget about movies? Games are even lower on the memory list. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I've played all of the God of War games. All of them. I think this is the eighth God of War game. And this one's just called God of War. Similar to the very first one was just called God of War too. So how confusing is that? The 2018 version of God of War is almost like a reimagining of of Kratos, our character. And it's set in North Norse mythology instead of Greek mythology. So, and it's a whole different... How would you explain it? Like, like all the stuff that has happened in the other games has happened, but, I mean, not... I mean, God of, the, God, the, the myth of the God of War... Kratos. Kratos. That is a Greek god, right? Or Greek? No, he's like a made-up thing, but... Okay. Yeah. So then everyone's filled in his story... Yeah. The tragedy of his life and how he's become whatever he is. So in this game, he actually is God of War, because in the old one, he wasn't. He had to, like, get there. Yeah, basically in the old ones, he had to kill all of the gods in Greek mythology. All of them. Medusa. Um, we know what they are. Yeah. All Pretty of them. much. Like, all of them. Throughout the whole, throughout all of the games, he encountered all of them. So I can see what happened with the game development. I mean, you can't kill them all again, can you? They're all dead, right? So, Well, they're not actually dead. It's fiction. Well, I'm saying in the games, <laughs> they're all dead. So let's. So we'll move it to Norse mythology, and there's a lot more gods in Norse mythology for him to kill, right? So yeah, he's, he actually is the god of war at the beginning. He's got a son this time. Um, the, the game opens really sad. Like, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, because in the first few seconds... <coughs> His wife is dead. They're, him and his boy are out in the woods. They're hunting and chopping down trees. They're just, you know, doing daily tasks. When they come back, the wife's, you know, in a coffin, basically, and the, the son's lighting the candles around her and saying, you know, tonight would be the best, tonight would be the good night to actually burn her, because that's what they do in Norse, you know, funeral pyre. So they take her outside and burn her, and her last wishes were for her ashes to be scattered from the top of Mount... I don't know what the famous mountain is in the <laughs> Norse mythology. It's not Olympus, because that's from Greek. But uh, So then the whole game is your journey with your son to take the ashes to the top of the mountain. And in between you and the top of the mountain are many monsters and gods. So uh, that it's just a big journey. It's road trip. God of War road trip. <laughs> but uh, how... Beautiful does it look this time. Oh, it's um, pretty nice. Yeah, it's like looking at a CG movie. It's, but like a real, but not real. It's yeah. It's like real fantasy looking. I mean, God of War's always looked really good. But I mean, this is the leap from the PS3 to the PS4. So it looks, it is one of the best looking games I've seen, really. I mean, it's up there with Uncharted and Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last of Us. You know, it's up there with the really high end games. But I, I could say I've only played about two hours of it, 
what I can tell you so far is there's a, it's a new viewpoint with the old games. The camera wasn't controlled by you. They controlled the camera and they put it in the corner of the room or wherever. This time the camera's behind Kratos and he's really large and really in the frame. So you, it's like you're looking over his shoulder like the movie The Wrestler all the time. The whole game, and they're, they're very proud of this, the whole game is one long shot. There's no cutaways from Kratos. Um, and if they do cut away, well, they don't ever cut away. They might move the camera around him to look at the front of him or look at the back of him. But the game from the beginning, where he, he, the very opening scene, he's chopping down a tree to the very end where he kills the last boss. The, the camera has never cut away for a cut scene or anything. It's just always looking at it. So you feel like you're on this journey with him. So, um, yeah, that's God of War. I played about a couple of hours. Combat is really fun. It's quite difficult. I've died quite a bit. But what I've heard is um, it is difficult at the beginning, and then as you level up throughout the game, it gets easier, which is a lot of RPG games, which it does have, like, collecting armor and collecting new weapons. You've got to level up the weapons to be more badass. So I'm just in the infancy stages. The sun is really cool. He's more Makes cle- you want to go play right now, doesn't it? Yeah, the sun's cleverer than Kratos. So when it comes to some puzzles, the sun is like, yeah, Dad. I think you have to line that up with that, you know, because Kratos is like... Uh, Does he help you too? Because you might not have thought of it yourself. Yeah, (laughs) there are some cool puzzles. You can see that they've taken, like, some of the gameplay from, like, the new Tomb Raider games. There's some Uncharted in there, the way that, like... Well, even The Last of Us, where Ellie and Joel are talking as they're walking along. They've took, like, the best bits from a lot of recent games, but added their thing to it. So, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, it's like 95% on Metacritic. So it's like one of the, you know, games of all time, according to them. So go and check it out. I've also been playing uh, Wipeout a bit, a Mega Collection. It's the PS4. I'm a big fan of the Wipeout games, always have been. When I bought my first PlayStation 1 back in the day, the first game I bought was Ridge Racer and Wipeout. And Wipeout's a futuristic, like, hover racer you're in these like hover pods and you're racing around tracks and you've got weapons and stuff. Well, Wipeout Omega Collection is the PS4. All the games that came out on the PS3 and the Vita, they have taken those games, they have high-definitioned them, and they've put them on the PlayStation 4. So it's a compilation of those. Now, I've played all those games before. I've played the Vita version and I've played the two versions that came out on the PS3. But this And this is them again, basically, but higher res, better music, better... I mean, it looks better because it's the PS4. So if you're a fan of Wipeout, it isn't necessarily a new Wipeout game. It is a compilation of the old ones, high, made in high definition. Similar to when you bought Shadow of the Colossus three times because they, <laughs> they keep making it better. Now there's a good game I remember. Because you know what? I watched it be played about four times. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Or more, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... I, Guess what? They just brought Shadow of the Colossus out on PS4, so we can play it again. Nice. <laughs> we did it on the PS3. We did it on the PS2. I probably did it three times on the PS3. So, yeah, that's Wipeout Omega Collection and God of War. And that's my stuff for this week. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight, you requested Jimmy John's with Wendy's Fries. It's going to be a fast food phenomenon because I will. We have a little loop I can make. I can drive one, two, one mile from here. Yeah. Go to Wendy's and get an order of fries and then loop over across the street to Jimmy John's. Both have drive throughs because on movie night, I'm usually pretty lazy. And then uh, 
You like to put the Wendy's French fries on your sandwich. Yeah. Because we are vegetarian. That's why we're telling you what we eat. We're vegetarian. That doesn't mean we don't eat junk food. doesn't mean we don't eat fast food. It doesn't mean we don't eat things like, I just made a whole pan of bread pudding yesterday. Night before, or yet day before yesterday. That's bread and butter pudding to the Bread bits. and butter pudding, and it's amazing and delicious. So, and I'm not a skinny vegetarian by any means. However, we just don't eat meat anymore for 10 years now, actually, since 2008. True, correct. Um, so that's what we're having. Jimmy John's veggie sandwiches. Number six, veggie, no avo. Yours. Mine's no avo. Add easy onion and hot red oh, peppers. You, did you stop having avocado? Yeah, it just was make it really slimy. I, that's that's the reason I stopped. I said to you, yeah. it tastes slimy. It would make like it wet, so I kind of yeah. gave up on that. Now, they still get it wrong occasionally, but if you eat out enough, you're going to get things wrong. So that's what for supper. And my advice isn't really advice, again. It's just a little reminder that, and I don't know why this occurred to me, but thinking about people and our impact on everything do we really have an impact on everything? I mean, the guy who, the guy and the teams who invented something like the atomic bomb, yes, that impacts sort of like the globe, at least on some level, for some period of time, right? If we all disappeared and in a bazillion years, it probably wouldn't matter anymore, but there would be leftovers of it, right? Atomic bombs. Me, Correct. me being here, not so much. <laughs> like, I mean, there's not going to be anything that I've done. That has that kind of impact. And yet, because so that means I'm very small. I'm very unimportant in the universe, right? In the whole of the universe. Very small. However, the universe at this moment, the entire universe would not be what it is, precisely like it is, if I wasn't this collection of atoms right now. <laughs> right? So that, like, you are part of it. You're just not super special and wonderful and lovely and unique and there are all these things. You're just, you're part of everything. And if you think about it that way, sometimes that bridges a gap between you and what you might hate about somebody or dislike about somebody or, you know, if you think about it, that you're part of everything and that means all of people. I'm not a hippy-dippy person. I don't believe world peace is conceivable. I think there's always an asshole and there's always a reason to defend what you have if somebody else wants to destroy it or take it. I'm not preaching about that kind of thing. I'm just saying you're part of everything, but you're not special. <laughs> oh, fine. See, it's not advice. It's not anything. It's, it's a statement. It's a statement that would make little sense to probably most people hearing it. But I know precisely what I'm saying. Well, well done. <laughs> and Thank well you. Said. Thank you very much. So um, let me tell you about our website, sayschooly.com and sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast. Go to aschoolie.com and click on the word podcast, and you can find all the places you can subscribe there, including iTunes, Google Play, and uh, we're actually on YouTube. Just search for After the Show Movie Podcast on YouTube. You can also, if you've got an Amazon device, say your trigger word, you know, the one that begins with A, and then say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. You can also email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She does not want any of your emails. <laughs> and finally, not true. stay classy, Mr. Christian Bale. This is an excellent, excellent role. I'm surprised he wasn't up for any awards. And like you said, this is a 2017 movie, so he won't be up for... don't think so. I mean, no. I think it'll miss all, you know. I would give him an award. I'll give him my award. 
the ace school that's what, at the end of our at the end of the year we will give out our top five top ten or whatever and it, if it makes it on there there you go there's yeah, your award mr bale award. i'll send him an award in the mail <laughs> the aceschoolie.com after the show <laughs> top 10 award you're number 10 but you made it <laughs> so stay classy mr bale <laughs> and so it's very meaningful and i will say think for yourself or someone will do it for you